important. Folks the movies. Movies are important. Movies. Movies are important. It's the cinema. The cinema. <laughs> Two gentlemen talking about the cinema. Oh, yeah. Up-to-date cinephile. Back. We are up-to-date cinephile. We are up-to-date cinephiles. I was out of town. Yeah. You were do. I don't know what you do. Living I mean, I, I, Katie's been out of town, so I've been... Like, is she working? Is she, is she doing that job? No, she's helping her, her family, okay. helping her brother out in Ohio, and she should be back relatively soon to how she's been gone to the time that she's been gone but it's just me and colin you know partying every night you know yeah kyle looks he looks bad he looks (laughs) fucked up get back here katie he's bad he's in bad shape he's he's looking rough hard living yeah too much hard living out here yeah just me and colin like i just stole some chocolate from you to save you from eating it yourself i I ate one of those bags oh uh, no you had the caramel one right or the honey or the honey honey. that was okay i I should have stole some of those from you Mm -hmm. by the coffee one those were from a friend of the pod, right? Derek, yeah. Yeah, friend of the pod, Derek. So thank you, Derek. I ate some of your... Chocolate macadamia chocolate nuts. Chocolate macadamia nuts. They're great. They're delicious. I ate some. I just took... I came in and asked for them. I made a sad face. And Kyle <laughs> took, took pity upon me. I need some fuel, though. I need some fuel to, to get us through to get us through this podcast. We're talking about movies. Yeah. I guess we're talking about movie, really. Maybe one and a half movies? How do we want to think about this? Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, one and a half 1. movies. 1.4 movies. 1.4. How, how yeah. It's. I mean, forty minutes short is is. Uh, that should be half a movie. Yeah, it's like half a movie. That should be half a movie, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. Usually. It should be eighty minute, ninety minute movies. Respect, yeah, respect. Um, I don't know. What do you want to talk about, Kyle? What are you burning on? That's I could my talk gym, about my either Jim Rome line. My I, Jim Rome line. But what are you burning on? I mean, I could talk about either of these. You could talk about anything, Kyle. Immediately, um, you could talk about anything. You are a professional talker. Uh, I, that's. Sort of true. I I just just watched. I think thirty minutes ago. I just finished. Wonderful story of Henry Sugar. So maybe how wonderful was it? Would you rate it on a scale of I, I one to one? Was, wonderful to wonderless. Oh, wonderless! <laughs> like wonder, over here. Wonder, <laughs> I thought it was bad. I don't know. I thought it was more wonderful than than uh, than wonderful. It's, it's Wes bad. Anderson. It's I like Wes Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, no, and it it, it I, what I liked was uh, the the texture, the the play around with the artifice that he's he's amping up these days with the the. The location and the art design, the production design. It reminded me of Anna Karenina from Joe Wright. You know, not a great movie, and Joe Wright's not a great filmmaker, but he has great pieces to his work, whether it's in Atonement or uh, the Kira Knightley Anna Karenina. Like that had uh, her walking through uh, what is the artifice of a stage, and then like the sets move in as she is like walking. And I, lo- I thought that was. Uh, inventive little design for for Wes Anderson to play around. Um, yeah, the, uh, you know Wes Anderson and Roald Dahl. They, you know, he's done Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, I haven't watched the other shorts. I know there's three others. Are, do, are they out? Um, at least um, at least one of them. Oh, is. the Swan. I think is also I, there. I didn't. I didn't know that they were all available. I knew that there were four. He was going to do four total. I didn't know there. Were four I, I, I don't know if they're all available, but at least one other is okay. available. Well, this is the one I watched. Um, yeah, so. no, and I, watched I feel this like too. it's also the one I'd heard about the most. This is the one that's getting more notoriety. This so, is the one that's the best of the four. So, yeah, that they're so saying. I, felt, I felt like it was uh, in the in the consciousness a little more. But I, yeah, yeah, it's funny, right? I I was reading um, one of the few film critics that I read with some frequency because she publishes in Jacobin. Mm-hmm. Is Eileen Jones, who does not like Wes Anderson, oh, okay, and sort of got some. Uh, I had, I you know, credit where credit's due. I mean, I feel differently than she does, but I do think she she uh, she is right to say that this is sort of is what you expect it to be on some level. For sure, she does make yeah. a little bit of a crack, which I think is not entirely unwarranted. Like, how did it take him years to figure out how to shoot this? Because he famously has said it took me years to figure out how I wanted to make this into a movie. It's, it, it's it certainly does feel very much of a piece with his other work. So you wonder what exactly about it was was hard for him to conceptualize. Well, right? I, th- I think it is about the 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 transitionary process in the, in yeah. the movie because it is very seamless. Like it because it's a short and because it's this uh, well, it's story nested, within right? a story. It's, it's, a ne- it's a nested. It's really three. It's sort of yeah. triple nested, right? <laughs> so you kind of go in and in and in, and then go back up, back up, back, back out, out. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, it definitely is a clockwork piece. Like, I liked it a lot, too. I mean, yeah. we're both Wes Anderson guys. 
Yeah, I, so I, I think we're he's susceptible to his charms, right? Very much. I, I think he's thoroughly unique. I, Definitely. I, I mean, just just the rhythms, just the way he gets performances out of it. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't help but you know, even in, we we talked prior to the podcast that I've had a rough week, and so you know, laughing <laughs> in the last two days or like sparking a smile yeah. has been difficult. And yeah, watching this movie and watching the idiosyncrasies of performance, and again, uh, some of these people have worked with him before, but yep. actually in this particular piece, not uh, most of them have not. Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Dev Patel, Richard Aote, and uh, Dev Patel, you know, and in orating and narrating his particular piece of the, the story puzzle. Um, and as he goes, I said, and like turns to the audience, breaks the fourth wall. It's in this interplay, this overt sense that you are within the frame of a story a constant uh, reminder that it is artificial that it is created that there's something uh, gr- of a grandeur of interpretation yeah. i like this about him it's it defines a lot of his work in the last decade plus yeah. and i think i think maybe some people are maybe tired of that maybe they find it repetitious but again he, I think it is superficially, aesthetically repetitious. The themes he's st- tackling are becoming a little different. As uh, yeah. he, he's orienting the same sort of interpret the the physical interpretation of his worlds, but the themes are subtly different. And I think that that is. I mean, you have the kind of mournful piece in like French Dispatch. Grand Budapest is a, a kind of mining of history and our place of it and how do we tell those stories and how, how you know what what is the value of telling those stories and then you have uh, asteroid city which is about the relationship we have with the story our piece yeah. to the story we tell and then this one is about we hear these stories and we try and manifest themselves for our own kind of individual need and then you start to realize that it's you know our individual sense of mirroring ourselves you know with this Henry Sugar sort of character um, is empty. And I feel like Wes Anderson is it, all of these why he tells all of these particular stories is very personal, and you can kind yeah. of feel that. I and and I don't think and if you can feel a personal touch and connection with a storyteller and why they are telling a particular story, it really does enhance it. Well, it's interesting, too, because we don't see very much directors kind of in the peak of their power and ability making shorts, right? It's just not a thing that directors do. They make prestige television now, but that's actually longer than a movie, Mm -hmm. right? When you Mm -hmm. really think about what the narrative project is. And so I thought it was interesting to see how he tackled that. It does have the propulsive quality of a short story. You know, mm-hmm. shorts have to be just a just as the short story to the novel, so to the short film to the feature film. It has to be very propulsive, right? It doesn't stop. It, it doesn't have it, quiet moments. Yeah, very, the pace is it, very. It, quick. it has to be gripping and move quickly. It can't. It doesn't have the time to sort of breathe in the way that long, you know, longer feature films do so it's interesting to see how he tackled that and he does tackle it in quite you know in the fashion you would expect right it is very propulsive it really doesn't let up it just kind of goes and goes and goes so that was interesting to see i enjoyed that yeah because it it let you know even in like asteroid city you have uh, a lot of uh, pieces that are not conversational almost atmospheric it lets you sit especially that opening with robert yeoman who also shoots this you know how he goes to the kind of a quadruple a 360 degree uh, angle yeah. to orient you in that place. And it's all just kind of sound design that you, you feel it. And in this one, it, it has to keep moving. And uh, he does, does so inventively, you know, in, in that kind of, uh, you know, and I can see why that's difficult for him to, to not have pauses. Um, I can see why in, in orienting, how, how does he want to shoot it? Does he want to shoot it in, uh, you know, in, in taking Raul Dahl and doing animation, does he want to frame it? They can make it feel like it's this world. And so I, I I know that it is in his wheelhouse, but I would I I know he obsesses. Like he yeah, obsesses yeah. about how I mean he'll record I mean Jeff Goldblum talked about this on a QA that I saw that he records their lines. Like I saw Eye of Dogs and Jeff Goldblum did a QA and he records their lines in a recorder and how he wants them to hit 
the particular words and he hands it to them. So the performances, it's all very obsessed about. And so I, I can see why even a 40 minute short and especially how to, to weave those pieces in, in its efficiency would be a, a quality to keep him uh, pondering. And so, uh, and it, and you can see it, the, he obsessed and it's pretty seamless. Like you, you're, you almost, I think that's his genius is you, you're like, well, how, how could he have thought about it this way? It seems very natural. Well, when he must be a very delightful, lovely guy, right? Because uh, sure. fa- famous actors cl- famously don't like to have line readings given to no, them. No, right? he, that sort of is a, uh, Considered very gauche, yeah, by top tier actors. But from West, they'll take it because he's—he seems like a very sweet guy, right? I mean, people must really people, like people him. People want to keep working. People keep That's working true. with That's him. True. People you want to work he, with him. He definitely is one of these directors that has his sort of repertory, uh, kind of uh, team, his yeah. repertory uh, group. I prep, right? I, and that has to—that has to speak well of him. I mean, people, oh, very you know, much. People, people. Uh, don't like to do shit for people they don't like. No, definitely not. I, I actually prepped for a podcast. Didn't get to record it this weekend. Obviously, it will come out, you know, further out so, because someday, someday, someday. But someday, someday. Uh, it was topsy. Uh, I prepped for topsy turvy, which is Mike Lee, who also famously people keep coming back to work yeah, with yeah. him, and it's because of the elongated improvisation style it, it, he, it is very collaborative and i think wes anderson is also even though he's the auteur kind of guiding it i think he is collaborative as well like he it is all about the whole piece and how does everyone involve with the whole piece and so particular line readings particular performance uh idiosyncrasies have to line up with the whole piece and so it, that does require a collaborative effort even though it, it is kind of an orchestrated vision it it is in unison with Yeoman. It's production design, and you can yeah. see his collaborators here uh, operating on on really high cylinders. Like they the, in in making a short and and putting all of the content that they are able to do into kind of uh, refined and shorter uh, runtime. Uh, they yeah. they do it very incredibly well, and, that, and that's why at the end of the day, I'm always very sympathetic to him. I enjoy it. I find it. I find the stuff always pleasurable and interesting. And, you know, if people, if other people could do what he does, they would, right? Sure. They would do what he, exactly. you know, I always go back to, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, if you could have made Facebook, you would have made Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. If they could make movies like this, if other people had that capacity, they would do it. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, they yeah, don't. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it takes a crazy person. I mean, all directors, I assume, are crazy, but... It, Wes Anderson is crazy in a very particular way. Yeah. I suppose you vibe with it or not based on anything, right? I mean, we all have different directors that we sort of speak to us, right? Yeah. Um, on our next movie, we could take it, maybe talk about direct, directors other than the director of the movie who might speak to us. Yes, yeah, certain, very much might so. Might be able very, to operate in that, so. in that register better than <laughs> the, the one we got. Yeah. But it's it's... It's unique and it's lovely, and I and I do think. I mean, I will say this: I do think it's interesting to see the ways in which he stretches himself. The short story thing is a certain stretch. We, when we talked about Asteroid City, I really liked the kids because I thought it was him kind of piercing a little bit through his own shtick. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like to see what he's gonna do. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I'm always interested to see how he. Um, tries to add, give himself a new problem set or a new. A new a new issue to address, right? Because it seems to be something he's interested in doing is kind of seeing seeing how he can do what he wants to do, but also give himself a little a little challenge or maybe do a little do a little sidestep, right? Yeah, I, I'm always interested in that too. Me too. I, 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 you know, because that's that's you know, it's few and far between of people who have that capacity, that unique, fresh individualized sense of creativity that you're just like, yeah, you know, with, with any artist, some things might not work. You know, even with Wes Anderson, Darjeeling Limited doesn't hit the way for me as, say, even Life Aquatic does, you know, yeah. in, in his work. But it's still interesting, and it's still something. Like, he's trying to capture an yeah, idea well, of these relationships. What's our Wes Anderson power ranking? I mean, Rushmore still has to be number one for me. It's up a there. lot of yeah, people put Ted and Bob's me. number one. I understand that's that. That's very close, yeah. What else? What I mean, else? Grand is... Budapest, I think, is yeah, the, yeah. the really. The, I mean, the operatic one, the operatic that that he he has kind of um, tried to capture with French Dispatch and uh, Asteroid City as well. I think Asteroid City comes about as close to Grand Budapest for me. I mostly because the 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 philosophy and like the the 
pondering of Asteroid City hit me right. It's, you know, what is our place? You know, what yeah, is our yeah. place in this story of life, the universe, and all of it, and with each other? And that, that hit me in the right way. Um, yeah. And so I I really enjoyed that, as, as we talked about earlier. But yeah, I mean, what what yeah, I mean, low ranking is there's not much, you know. Darjeeling might come last, but it's still a good movie. I think I prefer Moonrise Kingdom over French Dispatch, you know. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably go the other way on that, but yeah, I like them both. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, the the power ranking. You know, I like Bottle Rocket. I know that that's not as as Wes yeah, Anderson the as it is. It's that's the, the prehistory. That's the prehistory. <laughs> but I do really like it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I and I prefer Fantastic Mr. Fox over Isle of Dogs, but Isle of Dogs is very good. Yeah, like, I might I know? might go the other way on those two. But yeah, no, no I, I I agree with you. I really liked Isle of Dogs. I mean, the truth I is, did too. I need, no, I, I did need too. To, the first two are the ones I've watched the most because I watched those a lot when I was younger. Yeah. The other ones I have not rewatched uh, as much, if at all. So I it did. I'd have to really think about it. I'd have to go back to them. It would be to, hard to really to really come up with an informed opinion, right? And, and that's the problem too, because I mean, I have so much nostalgia around, especially Rushmore, right? That maybe it's hard for me to evaluate. Although I think it holds up. I mean, when we re, when we did it for the pod for the other pod, uh, I know movies and you don't. I felt like this holds up. It does. No, it absolutely this holds does. up, but not everything does. You know. Yeah. I try. I try to be honest with myself about what does and doesn't hold up. Absolutely, as well, much as I can be. And it's interesting. I, I come across people online who are not big fans of po- the, the post. I would say Darjeeling or post Moonrise. Um, you know, Grand Budapest on. Uh, uh, Wes Anderson, they they str- they say that there's a lacking of heart, and this is something I wanted to ask you about because I actually don't think that that criticism uh, lands. I I, th- I think the heart is almost on its sleeve in some some things like French Dispatch, but also with something maybe as elusive as this short because it's kind of quick. It goes from layer to layer to layer. I found myself, and maybe I was in the right frame of mind. I found myself to be very moved by the revelation that's at the core of Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. You know, this idea of seeing beyond our eyes. Then, and and is that a value to be taken advantage of, or is it something to kind of value in orchestrating and seeing the world from a new angle? And I, I, and and it it comes in the form of somebody who has has a power to them, like or learns this power to their self-interest and then realizing that they might and through that power realizes they might be dying and does something to the advantage of more. Yeah. yeah. I liked that. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I guess what's the difference, right? I guess if you had to say what the difference was, the earlier movies are still fundamentally preoccupied with more traditional personal drama stuff yes yeah i mean rushmore at the end of the day is a love triangle and a coming of age yeah royal tenenbaums is a a family drama i mean yeah uh so too with darjeeling limited um coming of age as well for moonrise yeah yeah young love and then especially once we get to fresh dispatch and asteroid city he's thinking about other things he's thinking about creativity yeah yeah, I mean, legacy. He, he's yeah. thinking about, you know, French Dispatch, he clearly has, like, long format magazine journalism, which is not surprising, would be something he would love and feel nostalgic for. I mean, he's a very nostalgic person, right? Yeah, yeah. And nostalgia is tough, right? Nostalgia is tough, and it's probably kind of a trap, and maybe he realizes it's kind of a trap. Maybe that's what he's part of what he's negotiating is the extent to which it's a normal way to feel, especially for someone who loves the things he loves. But it's also a trap. It's always a trap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So is. especially for a creative person, it's always a trap. Nostalgia is always going to get you. It's going to fucking get you because it's going to keep you stuck thinking about how we'll never have anything as good as the Beatles or, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever you think is, you know, John, John Ford or whatever, you know, whatever you think was the, 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 the thing that marked the high water point for whatever it is you love and that we've been sort of on the downswing ever since that, right? Yeah. Whatever you think that was, right? So he's concerned with different kinds of things, but I, to me, that's to the good. I agree. Right? I agree. That's to the good because I think if you like someone as a creator, as a director, 
as a musician. I mean, me, me, you you love music, right? This happens to musicians all the time. People want you to play the hits. People want you to do the shit that they liked when you were near the beginning of your career. And some musicians do fall off and others don't. I mean, the Rolling Stones are about to release their first new album of that's true of yeah. material in like 20 years. And people, I listened to the one song and it was pretty good and people seem to be excited about it. But yeah, I mean, you're never, you know, I mean, shit, these people made Sticky Fingers, right? Uh -huh. They made Exiled yeah. Main Street. Like, what are you going to do? Directors fare a little bit better, right? There are, there are directors who have, you know, we, we live in this age where we're seeing directors with these late career masterpieces. We're seeing directors make great work well into their, into their old age. And Wes Anderson isn't exactly old yet. I'd say he's in, sort of in his middle age. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's good to want to ask different questions. I agree. Right? And, yeah. and I just don't think, you know, I, I think if you, I think, I don't think you want people to keep doing the same shit over and over again. I just don't think that's what you want. You might yeah. think you want it. Right. But it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's hard, right. It's hard to keep on finding things to say. And so I agree it's different, but I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'm sympathetic to the way in which I think he's kind of striking out. And it's also just a reflection of where he's at in his life, right? I, I mean, agree, yeah. I mean, how much, like, whatever it is you're working out in Royal Tenenbaums, right? Whatever family shit it is you're working out, or idea, whether it's ideas about family, issues from your own family, feelings that you have, you don't want to keep working that shit out. No, yeah, it's right? true. At some, point, true. at some point, you just don't want to keep going back to that well. Yeah. It's going to get stale. It will. So I'd rather... And especially because aesthetically he has such a unified project. Well, he's got to go to other places for thematic content, right? And story content. Because otherwise it's really going to feel the same. And people are really going to be like, this shit again. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think making another like set of like family dramas and coming of age dramas. I mean, his, his movies still have elements of those, right? Sprinkled sure. in. Absolutely. But it's still, the, yes, I mean, to me, it's become more about about creation and creativity and meaning, right? Yeah. How do we find meaning, right? Like that's very much what Henry Sugar is about, sort of the search for meaning. As well, yeah. So I, I to me, uh, that's to the good. That's to the good. I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in kind of what people are... I mean, if a person is creative and really interesting, I'm, I'm sort of interested in what's on their mind. For sure. Right? Me too. And it can't stay the same. It can't stay the same or you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Well, and, and I think... When it all is said and done, ideas aside, aesthetic aside, um, I, all obviously they they are linked in a sense of uh, watching and enjoyment. I think his movies, his movies, short his shorts included now, uh, are so breezy and enjoyable yeah. and delightful. Um, and just because of the again, it's this it's this vision that complements. You know, uh, seeing Ben Kingsley who is not traditionally part of this kind of universe uh, and uh, but adapts very well to it. Uh, Dev Patel, I've always been a huge fan of. Richard Aote is incredibly funny. I like when they're narrating and he goes, uh, Dr. So-and-so is uh, a jaw agape and shocked and he just turns around and looks at the camera mm -hmm. you know, to show you how shocked he was. And I like that interplay. Again, it's all the... And, and then I like that in within the short, they cast people to... Um, play different roles like you know ben kingsley plays this, yeah this it does uh, feel like a stage piece yeah way. it does like, you know an old shakespearean play where people are doubling yeah and i liked that i i, I found it part part of the uh, the the subtle differences of what he's creatively doing a part of the allure of this project yeah. that the fact that he's working Definitely. within a the, this this artifice of stage and story, and that they're all kind of interweaving and changing within it. Um, it was it was really delightful, and so I Definitely. mean, uh, yeah, I mean delightful. credit to we him. Rate delightful, we rated delightful people. What else do you want? <laughs> Go see us on Netflix. I was going to ask you a question before we moved on to the because obviously this is a short, but um, obvious. This is not the obvious. I think creative impetus for the project. I think actually uh, Wes Anderson has approached these materials and was you know maybe commissioned or asked or interested whatever it, yeah, whatever yeah. it was wanted to make these shorts. Obviously, I think what will end up benefiting him is he will likely be nominated and could win an Oscar for Best Live Action Short because of it. 
Um, there's well, did, also did, did it screen in a theater. Is there some sort of limitation there? No, I don't think so. Actually, I, and I, I and works. I think they will show it at yeah, I think theaters. You submit it or something. Yeah, that you submit it. The short thing has its own kind of. Its own yeah. rules. Its own rules. Well, is it too long or too? I feel like no. I, I think it's under an hour. Oh, is uh, is a short. Um, and so another filmmaker is coming out with a short. Uh, been advertised in the AMC, and that is uh, a Strange Way of Life by Pedro Almodovar, okay. the gay western with. Oh, uh, is that Pedro. a short? It's a short. I didn't even know it that. It's a short. I've um, seen the trailer. I didn't know yeah, it was with a Ethan, short. Ethan Hawke and Pedro Pascal. I thought it was a long. No, no, it is a short. And so those two, and so I was just thinking about this the other day of a category that is traditionally for filmmakers uh who are up and coming you know putting out work in order to maybe take the next step in their career is now going to maybe be shadowed we saw this last year alfonso coran produced an alice Vorvacher uh short she did not win but those are two notable names and a lot of money behind them and there will be a lot of money i think behind these for their campaigns and that's not a for sure thing to win, especially in a category that is uh, thought about in a different way. But I don't know. How, what do you think about this? No, I, I have... no, get stay out. <laughs> stay out. Just let it. Let the yeah. Let the new people have it. Stay let out. The new I mean, people I, I, have... yeah, whatever. I mean, they're they're going to do it for. There's a business reason, right? There's a business mm-hmm. case for it. Netflix is going to do it for business reasons. Like I, I understand that for sure. But... But I would say stay out. Let that be for the. I agree. Let that be for the amateurs. I agree. I I imagine that's not what's going to play out. But uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. I get it. Like these people. I mean, these platforms are scrambling for ways to stay relevant, right? Yeah. As it becomes clear that their business models are like built on, particularly Netflix, right? Is just a business model that's like a house of cards, right? I know. To to <laughs> to to check one of its uh, now defunct shows, but I. Uh, it's yeah it's ridiculous it's a ridiculous system it's a ridiculous premise yeah but they need to find i mean their whole business model is based on being indispensable right that you wouldn't consider not paying them 15 or 20 bucks or whatever you pay them to have their shit in your house and so anything they can do to generate publicity they'll do to make it right? seem to make, like so you got to have this right yeah. you got to have this cuz if you don't have this you're not going to see the thing that you need to see to join the conversation with the august likes of Ben and Kyle, right? So, mm-hmm. so I understand it. I mean, I, I understand the business case, but I think it's lame from an award standpoint. I yeah. mean, like, give, let this shit be. Yeah. You're supposed to. It's supposed to be a bunch of shit you don't know well, about or that you go see at your movie theater if you're a fucking freak. Yeah, and I'm not cynical to say that either Almodovar or Wes Anderson are doing it in a cynical fashion no, to get no, awards I because I, I do care. think I do think this fits in the creative impetus that it must be a short and so it's the only way it could be done i think almodovar uh, approached it in the same way it just happens to be that they are shorts and they're working in this mouse rings these are that's mickey mouse rings like mike francesca was it francesca the guy who was on uh, in uncut gems the new york city sports guy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. those are those are mickey mouse rings you know (laughs) he talks about when someone wins a championship that he doesn't think was hard enough to get yeah that's a mickey mouse ring getting if you're if you're one of those guys and you get a shorts oscar i'm sorry that's mickey Mouse, right? Yeah, for sure, absolutely. No, and I, I'm not. Saying, no, no, no. I, you're I think, good. You're good. We're just you're just avoiding talking about your favorite movie of the year, the creator yeah. by Gareth Edwards. Uh, I couldn't for a while. Not that. I couldn't even remember the name. It's it, you can tell how bad a name it is because it doesn't even stick in my head. Like I, I, I don't think home, it's a good name. That's I came true. home from the movie. And so I was like, "What do you see?" I was like, "Oh, it's the what the the, the something the creator." It's not a good name because it's too generic, and it's also not a good name because it doesn't. It's not really. I mean, I, I, I obviously I see the connection to the content of the movie, but it's yeah. not even particularly evocative of what the movie is about. No, uh, so I have a lot of mixed feelings about this movie. Oh. I, I think they're generally negative. Yeah. Um, well, it's good. It's good though to have feelings. <laughs> well, have feelings. You know, because... we, you're a human being. You got feelings. <laughs> well, because do AIs have feelings? I don't know. Maybe I, I don't mean, know. There's supposedly uh, so. open question. Open question. question for sure. It's just programming. It's just just programming. That's what, that's what they keep saying. No, so as I was watching this movie, I mean, and I'm sure it, there was a haunting suspicion in you as you were watching this movie, even though the aesthetic might be particular to what they're, this world that uh, Edwards is crafting, which I, I will say, Edwards is good at a texture of a world. Yes. I, I do think that yes. you know, you, with you Rogue can, One is You good. can see why, at first blush, 
someone thought this guy could make a Star Wars movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because whatever I'm going to say about the movie from here on out, he understands the task of visual world building. I do agree with right? that. The movie looks good. The cinematography is good. Greg Frazier. The, the, who shot Dune? Uh, the yeah, the, you the can, visual great. lexicon he creates. Although uh, I do, I will have a point about the issues with the visual lexicon in, in a moment. For sure. I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. But yes, the, the world feels visually visually very fully realized yes which is one of the but not the only important features of a good star wars movie i agree is that the world is like visually realized in a way that seems cool and exciting and interesting and like a place you want to go and that it feels real and lived in right it feels like oh this is a real place with a real sort of unifying visual aesthetic that works and that immerses you in the world. Yes. So that is the positive thing I yes. have to say I, about this movie. I will say, yeah, when you go to like New Asia versus like Los Angeles versus uh, some other city that they go, or is it is it Los Angeles that they're in? Yeah, it, but the, the variations on the visual place and orchestrating, I th- I was impressed by the cinematography. I think it's or- Oro Seferin, um also took over shooting for Greg Frazier because he got... Uh, called to do Dune 2 uh, while they were shooting this. And so visually, I was, yes, this is investing, engaging in a certain way. And so I was Im- impressed by that. And th- this this was no surprise because I do think Gareth Edwards does that with Rogue One. He gives texture to the Star Wars universe that he's capturing. He does this with Monster, his uh, his uh, border monster uh, indie indie that he did to kind of come to fruition uh, a little less so with Godzilla but you know you know that 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 was I think form formulating grounds but as you're watching it you get this haunting suspicion you're like oh our AI have rights and how do they integrate in society what's our relationship with them oh okay so so this is Blade Runner uh, oh or or district nine. Uh, oh, we're trying to get get this child or a weapon or you know and funnel them and get them get them somewhere on a journey. Oh, so children of men. So you're seeing all of these influence, scientific influences, and they're borrowed parts. It's all just borrowed, retooled, and not retooled all that inventively. I think it it wears a lot of its influences on its sleeve, um, and so. As you are reminded periodically as the narrative unfolds, even though it's an investing and interesting looking universe, you become a little bored because all the pieces are a little kind of just just borrowed and transplanted and recycled. And that's that was the more the bummer because my mixed feeling is at least it's not based off an IP. At least it's not a known source material. It's not just another Star Wars. It's just a Star Wars adjacent. This is a space opera adjacent interpretation. And we honestly need more of those. This was only $80 million. We do need more of this budget scope, this budget kind of clarity. And so I'm a little bummed that it wasn't as good as it, it maybe could have been with all of those uh, disparate but also influential pieces and the, ultimately it's a little it just does not fall you know fall together like very well it just just does not coalesce and that's what's a bummer it's yeah, just a bummer yeah it is a bummer it <laughs> is a bummer because I found this movie hard to watch yeah I found it hard to watch for I think not exactly I wouldn't say exactly the same reasons as your as your although I agree with you I agree with Children of Men, in particular, this movie always owes a real obvious debt yes, to very much, and uh, that's an example of really being in the shadow of a, a movie that we both love. Yeah, that this movie uh, does not does not compare well to. So here's a point about the the. There's a certain visual prominent visual choice in, that's made in this movie that I think serves as a real good metaphor for what I have a problem with. So you have two different kinds of AI beings right mm-hmm. you have the ones that look like robots it's very this is actually very battlestar galactica right you got the ones that look yeah, like robots silence yeah. and, and then you the have ones the, one, that the like skin humans. jobs right <laughs> but yeah, they no. make this decision for the what do they call the synthetics or whatever the this the simulants i think they call them simulants, the simulants yeah replicants which are the ones yeah. that look like humans they make this weird decision for them to have, like, in the back of their heads, there's, like, a hole yeah, with yeah, the yeah. computer that spins around. And I kept thinking about this. I kept thinking about that feature of the simulants. 
And I came to the conclusion that that is a decision that can only be understood in terms of doing something that will look cool without even thinking about whether it makes a lick of fucking sense. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's right? true. Because there would be no good reason why they couldn't make them just look like humans or they wouldn't make them look just like humans. Yeah. There is no earthly reason you could imagine, whether it's an aesthetic reason or a practical reason, i.e. engaging in espionage or something like that, mm-hmm. where you wouldn't just give them a full head. Yeah. But you, the reason they did that is because it just looks cool. Yeah. It was like cool and weird looking. And there is so no... they did it without any... And that's, and that's the problem is that the world building is so skin deep that... Like, even the setup, it's like, these people are at war. Uh, they dropped a bomb. Americans are bad, and they want to kill them. The Asians are good and completely like them, even though they dropped the bomb. Yeah. Like, like, like the, <laughs> these, these Asian people who are, I mean, it, incidentally, the movie does do, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Cultural Appropriation, but it is a bit of an Orientalism to have these, I oh, agree. the enlightened people in East Asia who are okay with the ass that dropped a nuclear bomb for no reason on Los Angeles, even though, maybe, is it common knowledge that it wasn't intentional? Amongst the Asians, not not clear. Is there any sort of dissent in the Americans? Not clear. The Americans are monolith. The Asians are a monolith. The whole idea of the political situation that is informing this is very strange. Yes. The aliens are either completely compromised or else like super powerful and about to destroy the the Americans. It just it just seems like everything is just at the moment slapped on in a way that does not represent to me any sort of coherent idea of world building and that is just a decision that was made at some moment because it was like a cool thing to do or because something had to happen to advance the plot. Uh, yeah, There's just yeah. so many moments in this movie where it's just like, well, we got to get to the next thing. So he gets away or he goes here. Why does he go here? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why does he go to find the ring that he knows is going to not be where his his wife is because it's at their old house that got blowed up. And then the people are just having to be waiting there to capture him. Why does any of that happen? It's all very convenient how, narrative. Plotting, how do yeah. the American uh, villains with like Alice and Janney go from being like a guerrilla force with two of them, in a police car to being a full fledged army, like ready to attack with tanks. Yeah. Which, why are they using tanks when they've been doing airstrikes the whole time? Well, we've got these cool giant tanks we've got to use. There's a lot of inconsistent and illogical jumping. And it, it became really obvious. I mean, obviously, those are obvious points and throughout. There's just but so many of them. the final 30 minutes oh, when God. they're going up, that's where the illogic so, really so takes hold, a they jump. They know this child that is this terrible weapon is on the base. And they sort of try to respond to it. But they don't really respond to it. Mm-hmm. They act kind of like it's important, and then they say it's really important. But then the child just runs through their whole base, running around, seemingly everybody. unabated, yeah. <laughs> seemingly without anyone trying to stop them. It's like, what is going on here? I, my head started to hurt at that point. Yeah. It's like, yeah. isn't someone going to try to stop this? The finale is the worst part, and it shows because because I mean, you can I mean, like, did I miss something? We we all miss something because like, it like, just when, jumps. Like if they knew that this child was like an. <laughs> existential threat <laughs> wouldn't they like send everything to try to catch her and it's, stop it's, her it's gary Ullman and leon the professional it's and for everyone everyone <laughs> i was just sitting there thinking like is it someone gonna do because they knew she was there right they yeah. knew she's yes. there yes and they knew that was a problem but they're still like looking at the missiles and not really i just i've i started to think like what is going on yeah like Shouldn't they be trying? And there were several moments in the movie like that yes, where I was like, yes, yes. even that initial raid on that first base, it's like the alarm goes off like halfway through them starting to blow up the base. And then a couple scientists like look up like, whoa, what's going on? And get shot. Like, wasn't someone, isn't there some plan to address this? None. Like None before? Whatsoever. And it's a huge, it's a huge super weapon. It's like a daunting Death Star equivalent. I, it, like they're waiting for like the local like gendarme to show up to like say, <laughs> like, I, like what is going on? Like, I'm literally sitting there like, none of this makes any sense. No, yeah. And there was this sequence. And also, it's just so bloated. They're just like, the movie's like five action sequences, too many. Five Uh locations, too many. Like, you just, it just was like, they just had, you know, honestly, the, the, the Star Wars movie it reminds me of is Last Jedi, where it's just like, Bloated with every idea. Yes. Yeah. And I that's like Last Jedi more than I like this movie because at least some of the aspects of it I enjoyed. But like with this, I was like, 
this is just everything you have. Like you have a giant tank, which they've never used before, which just hooked up with this U.S. Army, which before that was operating behind the lines with two people. And it's a tank that is just, just destroying. It's it's as big as the White House. And yeah, it's just destroying it just, everything. It's except, rolling over the city. it can be countered by like one mine thrown on the side of it that is detonated by a baboon like the movie is just full of these like bizarre like contrasting rube goldberg Berg contraptions that i don't even understand <laughs> yeah it, it is a bit of a mess uh it, it's a lot of a mess you it, just say it's like these these shits are gonna look cool that's these essentially what it cool. boils down to it it is all about it was all about the visual world and aesthetic and yet uh, did not go the full length to understanding the logic of its world, which is, this is a, this is a big problem. This is a big problem with a lot of, um, a lot of movies these days that they come up with these ideas and they don't, they don't conjure up the logic of their universe. But this goes back to why star Wars worked in the beginning was that there was a logic, a rule set, a, uh, a definition to the world they were operating in. That's why you wanted to keep going back. You wanted to keep going back to, to investigate the, 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 the understanding of this world, the creatures of this world. And in this one, it's, uh, it's all very much borrowed, recycled pieces from all these yeah. other, other, um, other movies, and they just didn't bother to think of how it could cohesively come together. And that's, it's frustrating. It's a frustrating one. And it's very, and it's got these things like on its mind allegedly, but they're totally superficial, right? Yeah. The AI shit is totally superficial. It's not, movies not about AI. If it's anything, it's kind of about Vietnam. Uh, they clearly have like the Vietnam War on their mind. But like it doesn't really have anything interesting to say about that in particular, which is weird. It's it's always weird to kind of because obviously the original Star Wars has these you know vague kind of ideas about the Vietnam War operating in the seventies to take it back to a kind of seventies conflict that yeah again hangs over the consciousness of us and our history. Um, and not doing anything to say. What, what does that have to say about our time now? What does that have to say? Like, I, I think it would have been more interesting if it were more of a Middle East comparison because we were j- recently in Afghanistan, not a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah, I mean, just take the simple thing of children and men where, like, everyone is compromised, right? That's the whole point. A terrible situation makes everyone compromised. Yeah. But the good guys in this movie aren't compromised at all. Yeah. Right. They're just they're just like they're just this Orientalist stand-in for like what's good and enlightened. It, right? it, That's it, all they are. It really is. And, right? it, and there's the, nothing wrong with them. The, the, and that was that was kind of a disturbing element. Uh, you know that the the Orientalism, the the exoticism yeah, of yeah, this they place. Look Buddhist. They look Buddhist. They must yeah. be good. And then they go to the <laughs> Buddhist temple, <laughs> and it, she's that's like, shit is. "They look Buddhist. They must be enlightened." Yeah. Uh, like whatever. And, and I mean, you can make them the good guys and make us the bad guys i mean i'm the last person who's like an apologist for the militaristic america but like it just doesn't like but even at the core of this movie right you cannot explain to me why the child goes with the main character and why she just hangs out with there's there's you cannot um, explain to me why it which is at the core of the their relationship at the core of the movie and it just does not work it yeah. does not work. Well, the the uh, I think you can explain. Uh, obviously, people who might like this movie might be able to explain that away because uh, the child was developed via embryo of the child that was not born. Uh, might have co- some kind of affinity, kind of ghostly connection to him because he was the, he was the father. And I I'm I'm just trying to give it a, a sense of orientation. But I will tell I will agree with you. The relationship doesn't work. And fundamentally, it doesn't work. And it's because of John David Washington, mainly. Like, he is, I think, incredibly bland. I think he's an incredibly bland, stilted actor. When you can, when you look at the work he's doing, either in Tenet or Amsterdam and this, I don't think he works. I just don't think he's a good actor. Yeah, but actor. I mean, the story's doing him no favor. I agree. I agree. Like, but you, you buy that Clive Owen is going to do the job because he fucking hates everything everybody yes i agree he hates everybody and this is like one thing he's like i'm not gonna let you use this person as a pawn yeah right because i to hate any of it to any of it. you all yeah right? i hate you all right and you believe that and he embodies that to his fucking yeah core, he's, he's bitter that he just hates everyone yeah. and he's gonna take one back right this is his chance to take one back against the people that he fucking hates yeah right i guess i get emotional because i can really relate to that sure Right, I can yeah. really relate to that feeling. Like these people are all monsters. Oh yeah. Right, and like 
I'm not going to let them just make this into some some shit, right? Yeah. Just I'm going to take one back, right? And you believe that. I mean, you believe that. I, I guess I believe to some extent his motivation to, like, get back to his wife. But even that doesn't really work because, like... The foundation's it, thin. It, it, it doesn't... Like, she hates you now, brah. She said that. She fucking hates you. You think you're going to go back and she's going to love you for no reason? Apparently so. Because that's how the movie like, operates. But like, you're so crazy. <laughs> like I said, you literally walk into a situation that has no chance of success. Where, by the way, they're also going to spring a trap on you, which also doesn't make any sense. What if they've been waiting there for years? Right? I mean, it's just, the thing is just like, it just pushes from one event to another with absolutely no desire to connect the tissue it's it's three or four sequ- like i said it's three or four sequences too fat i mean you talk about star wars think about how long they're on the fucking death star like it's just like a couple i mean like and this is why it's so funny i felt bad for gareth edwards because every story that i was virally served leading up to this was all about rogue one and how tony gilroy came in on and shat on him right and like, after watching this and seeing Andor, like, how can you not believe that Tony Gilroy didn't make salvage Rogue One? I, I agree. Because yeah. how can you not believe... Because this movie doesn't show the storytelling chops at either the macro or micro level. The individual sequences don't work, and the broader story doesn't work. Yeah. And so, you know, I was served on Instagram some viral clip of Gareth Edwards, you know, from the movie, promoting the movie. It was one of these sit-down interviews from, like, a press junket yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he's talking about the fucking cameras and the lenses. And I get it. The technical stuff is important, and I respect it. I don't understand it, right? That is not my forte. Yeah. Whatever my forte is, and we could debate what that might be. We're talking about <laughs> movies. That is not it. I know yeah. when I see things that not I like. Mine but, I, but I'm not going to be able to talk to you about cameras and lenses, about how they're old lenses, but on new cameras. But whatever, like, that's what you understand. He understands that. And so he's talking about that, but that's not what this is. We're, we're telling stories here, brother. Like everything technical is just in service of the story and the story does not work. It does not work. Yeah. And I feel bad because like I said, visually, there's something there. But even yes. in the visual, we see the problem because we see this desire. It's this disease of more where you have a cool thing that you want to show and you don't have a real good reason to show it. Like why are they bringing the giant tank in instead of calling it another fucking airstrike? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There's no good reason, right? I cannot imagine. You know, and then they use the, 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 the mind that's like a running robot that looks cool. Yeah. But it's like, why yeah. that? Well, it's because we thought of it and it looked cool, right? And the challenge of making a movie like this is to integrate all that in in a way that makes sense as opposed to just feeling tacked on. Yeah. And this shit just feels all tacked on. It is. It is all very until tacked like, on. It's like I said, you get, to a, you get to an end sequence, which is just... I mean, chaos it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's it's nonsensical. Like if 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 I knew that there was a if I was on a space station, I'm on a fully operational space station, right? And I know that there is a single child that is going to destroy my station. I will deploy all of my resources available, and that could have been like a long multi level sequence where that you fit that where you go through the process. It's like we saw we saw a movie like the the most recent Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, Just a great yeah, example yeah. of how you like create these extended multi-level integrated sequences. Like that opening sequence in the airport is great. Right, it's just like so many different things happening. You pick up one ball, you drop another ball, you pick it up, you drop it up, you throw these balls in there, you catch them, you're here, you're there. There's there's a logical interplay with how the scene and, is. And unfolding. it works. Yeah. Whereas here it's like it's just like what is going on? Mm-hmm. He's just he's just walking through this place. He's going to blow this fucking thing up. Yeah. That's it. What? What? Is it they gonna send someone? You gonna go try to stop them? (laughs) Apparently not. They're just like hoping that it just doesn't work. I don't even understand what they thought was gonna happen. Yeah, I know. The the motivations are very. the The whole movie is premised on that they've got to kill this child. Because she can destroy this base. That's their motivation. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Is, that is what sends them... <laughs> that is what initiates the whole action yeah. of the movie. <laughs> the script The script is incredibly flawed. It, it is... It's taking ideas. It's trying to piece them together. And they don't, they don't land. Um, and then, as you said, yeah, I, I'm putting it a lot on John David Washington. I don't particularly... I'm not a particular fan of him. I guess I don't have any feelings about him one way or Well, I, I think he's only really worked for me in, like, Black Klansman. And that's because he was kind of a straight man in a very eccentric kind of world of racists and FBI agents. And uh, I think he worked 
Um, but again, that's that's in in unison a vision. Like when when a vision is working and you're a piece of that vision, I think that's one of Spike Lee's better ideas, one of his better films. Um, and then you have him as a piece in say David O. Russell's Amsterdam, and that vision is is faulty. Well, and we so- can't we can't blame him for. I mean, that's the problem. It's like you, what, like what can you say, right? I don't know. I mean, I thought. I guess like I mean, what's funny is in the. Buried in the movie is like one emotional beat that really works, right? Which is when he has to kill her, ultimately. Uh-huh. I thought, okay, that's yeah. the right way to do that. Like, that's the perfect construction. Uh, and that was, and that did surprise me a little bit. Didn't surprise me that she was the creator, but it did surprise me that she was dead and only he could, like, pull the plug on her. Yeah. Like, that's one moment where, okay, you understood, like, here's an emotional moment where he has to do this really unpleasant thing. I'm like, okay, well, if you, if you were able to create more moments like that, yeah. where it's, yeah. like, it's kind of like a gut punch... Like, you know, I, I mean, I thought he was okay. I guess I don't have the same reflection on him that you do. Well, no, but, but I... Part I, of it is because I just, I found the movie just to be so unworkable. Well, no, and then I was going to say, it's because like, of I the like script. like Alice Janney. I mean, but whatever. What can she do? Yeah, she's not doing much in What can in she it? do? Yeah. I, I, I will say... Sturgill, Sturgill uh, uh, what's his name? Sturgill Simpson or whatever. The country singer. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The country singer. Uh, yeah, who's in Ozark. And, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. You know, he's in there doing yeoman's work. There's a character that made zero sense to me. Like, why did, what did he do before? What's he doing now? Why is he doing it? He's yeah. here. Why is he here? I just, the whole thing was just, what a, just a mess. mess. It is a mess. It's a mess of a movie. I think the script's a mess in its themes, its uh, influences. I think it, it's very lazy, and I think this goes to the, to the support that it's not 100% John David Washington's fault it's that because it's all proclamation it's all exposition there is no there's no sequences that really invest us into the i mean that the opening about his relationship with his wife is so thin and quick and also that newsreel shit like what are we trying to do like a starship troopers riff here like i just it's like like i said i'm okay to shit on america don't 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 get me wrong, but it's just not an interesting path yeah. to take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It doesn't take an interesting... I mean, you know, at least when you watch something like Children of Men, you just get this just this scabrous sense that Both all, sides all are ideolo- just, like, yeah. ideology is bullshit. It is. It's just a smokescreen yeah. for self-interest, right? It's just, it's just people who will just say anything to, like, hold on to power, yeah. right? And, you know... And just a bunch of just just ugliness, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not the only way to go. And I, I mean, that sort of cynicism, you have to earn it, and you can only take it in so many doses. But it's it is real, right? Yeah. It is a real feeling, yes, right? That I think many of us have experienced. I agree. Just contrast that. Like this movie, it's not about anything. You cannot tell me that this movie is about a no, guy. No. Except in this loose is like is is it people like what, what this is not a this you need you need a new take on that yeah, one. I'm yeah, sorry yeah. you need a new take on our robots people like I agree uh, you need something new to say about that yeah, yeah. Uh, this the, movie has nothing new to say no, about it, that it, no nothing new it's all borrowed um yeah and it's it was just a real bummer all around because I feel like with this kind of budget to take on a unique you know and a unique understanding of the issues. And really take it to as as kind of a character piece for in in within the confines of a space opera and uh, or or a political leaning sci fi, I it it drops the ball across the board and it's a real bummer. It's, it's, it's too, too, too disappointing because I, mean, I mean we love sci fi. It's gonna it's gonna hurt the cause right of trying to it make will. more movies like this. Like, well, this one bombs. So you say you want these things, but you don't. Whatever. I mean, I you know this stuff is all. I don't know. I the truth is, I think we're in a, I think we're in kind of an interesting position in terms of bigger movies. Anyways, now that comic book movies are starting to be less of a sure bet than they once were, True. we'll see how the Marvels movie ends up. The trailer that I've seen a million times. I hate it. Although it's a new trailer, there was a new trailer this time. Still hate it. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, like honestly, I'm glad when these movies if they're going to exist i'm glad when they have you know people you might criticize me you know ben leftist socialist bernie bro whatever uh i like it when they have an identity politics justification because at least that's a value sure right like girls see it and they see women on the screen that's good sure. right at least that's some value to society 
right? That I can get behind. Girl power. Like, whereas, whereas I don't know what Aquaman is giving us. Like, Ooh, like that's even like worse than a trailer. Dumb, like dumb, dumb bimbo guy, himbo power. Ooh. Right. I mean, at least if it's if it's some group of people. You know, so not white men. Any group of people that's like not represented in this shit. At least yeah. I can look at that and say, "Oh, well, that's nice." So uh, I'm you've got you've got women, you've got women of color. You know, I've got a daughter who is you know part Egyptian, right? So that like at least I can say, "Okay, that's good. That fulfills some useful social yeah. role." Yeah. Right. That I don't think Aquaman or the Flash is going to fulfill. Right. Just putting another. I mean, I understand. Um, what's his name is is non-binary. But uh, the guy everyone hates now, uh, the Flash guy that everyone hates, <laughs> is, 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 he's not a guy. He's, they are non-binary. They are non-binary. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, to misgender them. But it, by and large, I just don't, you know, although, I mean, I, I was a little bit of a booster. I, I was more sympathetic to the first Aquaman movie. At least it was dumb fun, right? Which I think is, if you're going to do one of these movies, dumb fun is sometimes better than taking a swipe of profundity. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, the truth is... I have no, I have no particular hope for the next Marvel movie in terms of Marvel's Miss Marvel movie in terms of it being um, any good. But like I said, at least there, when you've got women and women of color getting some run, you know, I feel the same way I feel about I'm, Black Panther movies or something, which actually are, are better than most of the superhero movies. Just it just lets someone else have a chance. So at least the kids who who look like that, who identify with that can get some value out of yeah. these behemoths that we're going to have foisted on us anyways. Yeah, be- yeah, because you're right. Because all of, if all of them are essentially the same, which they yeah. are, yeah. then the 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 superficial choices actually do matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let someone else have a chance. Yeah. Let someone I else have a chance. I, I agree. Well, and I'm more willing to go watch the Marvels and review that with you, although I think the slate coming, you know, coming up, uh, there are other indie options that I'd prefer. But uh, I will not see the new aquaman i just can't. Yeah, I, I just I, can't I, I, the, the trailer was such a an onslaught of cgi that was just gross and and disgusting and it looked terrible it just looked gross i hated it yeah it's it's hard to know what would be the what would be the pleasure that could be had I there do. very very minimal uh if, I, if you can. I, don't, I don't see the pleasure forthcoming I, I, neither do i neither do i from that movie but I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, this is wild. This is wild. <laughs> but but I, if these movies bomb, then you know that becomes a problem, right? They, they it is can't, true. They it need them, true. they need them to you know if you're gonna if you're gonna put out two hundred million out there, you gotta make that back at least. Very much, very much. And there's an opportunity cost to that too. I mean, that's money you could spend other ways. So you need to get a return that is. Um, at least as good as how, what you think you can get doing something else, whatever you think is the most profitable thing. I mean, there's an opportunity cost to all these things. I don't know. Yeah, very much I don't so. Know. What do we, so what do we got? What do we got on deck? Well, we got some options, so let's throw it out to you. What are your rea- what, what What are your feelings? We got so next week. I'll the, give a cheers and jeers to these <laughs> options. We got the, uh, the big releases are The Exorcist Believer, which I'm – have very little interest in seeing. Yeah, that's that's a jeer. That's uh, a jeer. That's a jeer for me. I'm not. Yeah, we all know how I feel about those movies. I don't know if you've seen the trailer yet, but for Foe with Saoirse Ronan and Paul Mescal, it's a another sci-fi movie about um, that that some people are chosen to like venture up into the top yeah, sphere. That's a that's a yes. Oh, so so Foe. I th- I think that should be put on the radar. That's a yes. That's I don't know how I don't know how you feel about Dick's the musical. Uh, yeah, I'll see that. Okay, I, so, I really well. We talked about. It. I like the guy. I uh, like that guy. What's his name? Uh, uh, Larry Charles. Larry Charles. I like yeah, Larry Charles. Yeah, Larry Charles. I'll, I'll, I'm in on Larry Charles. So, um, I mean, it looks. It looks like it. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be good or not. But I, he's he is good enough. And we are, you know, we are a twenty four fan. We're a twenty four boys. There's, I mean, we can only we can only, we have to. I already Except. have I already have my tickets for Dixon Musical. I'm looking for Foe at the moment. I I'm, I need to figure out where it's going to be playing. I think it's it's supposed so, to be wide. I think stupid. I think I don't want to go to someplace stupid. I think play it's supposed to be play near me. Don't make me fucking go. <laughs> um, we have she came to me with Peter Dinklage and Anne Hathaway and Marissa Tomei. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this, well, what but is this? It, it's about a uh, a a. A musical, well, an opera writer. Peter Dinklage plays an opera writer, and he's 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 down and out on ideas, and he's married to a psychiatrist, and she's not very forthcoming with uh, 
they're they're not being intimate. Like she's in Anne Hathaway. Okay, so that's a, that's a that's came. That's a double entendre. We love that. Uh huh. And love then puns. Uh, he we finds a entendres. Finds a a. a Tugboat captain played by Marissa Tomei. That's great. That's great. Okay, <laughs> that's then good. That's a good pitch. She becomes his muse. Uh, for, I think she's for the a new... tugboat captain. I know, that's she's... a great choice. That's a great choice. I'm um, intrigued. I'm intrigued by that. It, lo- it looks not very good. I'll just tell you that. But it might be intriguing. I don't know. It's, I, to I, I, I like those actors. I'm, I'm still. I on like on, those I'm still on actors. Anne, Anne Hathaway. I like Anne Hathaway. Um, and then the guy. I don't know if you've seen his work. Um, he's a documentarian filmmaker. He's a New Zealand journalist director named David Ferrier. Uh, or Ferrier. I, I don't know how you necessarily Which pronounce one? it, yeah, but he whatever. did Tickled. I don't know if you I saw that it. one. I, I think you'd like it. I think, you'd, but he's got another one called Mr. Organ coming out, and it's a, a bizarre con man documentary. So if we can find that in a reasonable place oh, to gosh, watch, that's a lot of options. That's a lot of options. There and there's more than that, by the way. This is these are all the movies okay, coming out much. next that's week. Too it's much. too much. Uh, the, uh, but those are the those are the relatively interesting options. So yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards foe and dicks. I think that's um, probably the right choice. But um, you know, we'll 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 see what we well, can uh, do. Mr. Marissa Tomei as a tugboat captain is a is an intriguing proposition. <laughs> an intriguing that might proposition. be in a wider release pattern. We, we who knows? See. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and like then I was going to ask. Theater. I was going to ask your opinion on if we should uh, go deep into the shitegeist uh, the week after and do Taylor Swift's Eras tour. Well, let's see if Carolina. Well, you know, the other movie. It's funny you should mention this. I, I, I was. I mean, Carolina is right on the cusp of being a Tay Taylor fan. I think okay. she's starting to feel it. Not enough to like want to go to the concert. Thank God, because I, I don't know how how I would have swung that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, if she wanted to see it, I could. That could because the other movie I saw this week was the Paw Patrol movie. Oh, fun! Which fun. Uh, was shorter than uh, the creator, so it had that going for it. That's good, and also it's sort of a sort of space phenomenon involved because it's about the mighty pups getting power from the uh, the asteroid, and, and I or it's a comet or whatever. It's some celestial body they get their powers from. It doesn't really matter what. Uh, Carolina liked it a lot, so okay. that, that's it. Focused good. it focused a lot on Sky, who's who is her favorite pup, which is all to say I, I don't, gosh, I don't know if seeing a concert Taylor. Swift, I mean, I, I I don't know. I I don't know that I'm. I don't know that I find the Taylor Swift phenomenon particularly compelling. As no, a neither do I. No, neither and do I'm I. not talking about it like even as an observer, I get that there is this tremendous desire out there to feel a part of something. Mm-hmm. And that that energy has now pooled up around her in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. It's but true. given where we are culturally, historically, in the wake of COVID with this tremendous feeling of anime and isolation and the way the internet fucks us up, making us feel both more superficially connected, but also more disconnected from actual human beings. I get it. I get the phenomenon and I don't scoff at it. Even it doesn't have to be for me. Not, a lot of things are for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same thing with the identity politics and the superheroes. Like it's okay if it's for someone else. I agree. Yeah, but whether I find it interesting enough to watch a concert film about her on my own initiative, I don't know that I would say I do. Yeah, but if Carolina wants to see it, I'll see it, and then I'm sure I'll have thoughts. You, you let me know if that's how it lands. I, mean, I think the, I'd rather the, watch the Stop Making Sense reissue. Uh, I, that, that, I, I would watch that. that. I'm interested. That's one of the greatest concert I, I, I films lo- of all time. I love time. that movie. But uh, in terms of watching, I don't know. I just, that might be a tough sell for me. Well, the the main one on that week is Anatomy of a Fall, which was the Palme d'Or winner at yeah. Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. So um, I'm actually seeing that tonight. Oh wow! Um, look at uh, you. Yeah, look at me. Look at you. Um, but uh, if we wanted to have some extra conversation, it ended up that it lined up, and Carolina was interested. And you do go see Taylor Swift's Eras tour. You let me know, and I will go see it. Uh, my curiosity is peaked because I am so out of the the realm of its work world um so i'm i'm curious myself i mean i guess a little bit i guess what it will tell you right is how that legend is being constructed at this moment uh, yes right yeah. that's what it will tell you how they do it how they choose to present it yeah. right is it just fan service like you couldn't come to the concert so here you can see it 
is there some documentary component to it that is meant to give you a quote unquote glimpse mm-hmm. into Taylor's world? I mean, obviously she's in the consciousness right now because she is allegedly maybe dating Travis Kelsey, the the football player. Talk about two shits you don't care about, right? I know. You don't care about sports and you don't care about, about Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. So I it's, really it's don't really care. In the, it's really an event diagram in which you are floating outside. And yet it keeps you coming that, up. You are in the negative space outside it, that Venn diagram. And it keeps coming up. Like, uh, constant posts, constant posts. And I'm like, I really, I really don't give a but, shit. But, but it's also, I mean... It's whatever. It's just, they just. It's, we need today. We feed this into the maw. Tomorrow, it's something else. It will right? be something else. Yeah. Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey. Donald Trump is speaking to non-union workers. <laughs> uh, they're doing another debate. Joe Biden is looking crazy. Diane Feinstein is dead. dead. I mean, yeah. it's just like, well, we got. We need something <laughs> today, guys. We need. You know, we need to put something into the grinder. We can't just let it chug along just constant constant so i don't know i mean it's yeah i I agree with you like who cares on some level but um i mean there are there are cultural phenomena that are more interest some are more interesting than others or some are more curious than others yeah yeah. curiosity i I I think is the right word i guess i just don't find the taylor swift thing particularly curious because i feel like i know what it is yeah yeah in macro terms yeah right and that's not to knock it right like yeah yeah no like young women um girls and young women want to connect and this is a way that they're they're going and they're making these friendship bracelets and they're training around they're having these ecstatic experiences watching this performer yeah who's going on performing for like two and a half three hours which like respect to her that's fucking hard to is do is that what the is that gonna be in theaters is it gonna be a two and i don't know how many, but show? i know that these concerts are long like she goes long she is not she's, she's given value she's given value for a dollar well, all right good um, for her yeah no I mean, but i mean whatever she you know she's doing you know bruce springsteen shit right i mean she's gonna give a long yeah, concert for three her, four hours for yeah. her super fans uh, so i'd so, much rather see bruce yeah so, so well of course you would and i would too but i mean mm. whatever a I, I guess I I would be more interested in it if it like I felt like as a phenomenon it was something that I like really didn't understand. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. Like yeah. you, people are people are lonely. <laughs> well, people went screaming. We people yeah. went and screamed at the fucking Beatles. Like you, people want to get in a crowd. You know, we don't have church. They want to get in a crowd and they want to get emotional and feel like yeah. a part of something and feel connected to some community that is like, you know. It's just like when you meet a fan of a band that you like, right? Out I, there I might the be world. the wrong person. But for it this. happens occasionally. You yeah, wear yeah. a shirt and something no, no, like, no. I like that band. I don't particularly like fans of the, of the music I listen to. But I mean, you it, okay? Well, what I'm saying is, <laughs> people enjoy general people who aren't you. Or I'll exclude you from this. Like you meet someone who's a fan of a thing that you're a fan yeah, of, yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, that's nice. It's, there's an well, you're right. If 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 if, um, if there is an immediate. Um, reaction it makes you feel like, good. It makes oh, hey, you feel like you, oh, you like that? It, there, you you feel connected. It makes no, it's you true. feel like you're in the world with other people in community with people, right? I get it. No, oh, yeah, I get true. it. I just don't know that. And that's I guess where I push back on the other side of it a little bit. Like, why? You know, why not her? People are like, why her? What's the special? Why not her? Mm. Right? It's all a fucking lottery, anyways. It's true. Like, it's not. There's not some like uh, magical answer to that question you know a lot of it's just chance but yeah. she was there and she clearly knew how to do it and you know whatever it is there. I, hope, I hope it brings people joy yeah right well, people need it might be on the radar for us yeah but yeah. uh next week foe and dicks the musical right i think on. that's will be the priority Good job. um dead reckoner Substack ben thalen you can i'm sure if you're not listening to this on my patreon you're listening to it there and so you can find his musings, his writings there, and I'm Kyle Brule. I know movies and you don't. My regular show you can find every, pretty much everywhere. Um, you can also, if you uh, listen to this on uh, Ben's Substack, you can listen to it on my Patreon for free. Yeah, um, yeah, go, go give Kyle your money. He, he looks a little ragged. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, yeah, he knows movies and you don't. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>